Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm not a conspiracy nut. I don't believe moon landing was fake. Or there is a secret world government run by lizards. I'm a sane, rational human being. With that being said, I'm convinced my neighbour is building some sort of nest. I'm not joking. Let me explain. I got divorced about a year ago and had to move to a new place at short notice. I got a pretty decent two-bedroom apartment on the third floor of an old apartment building. The place was probably built in the 1950s, but I couldn't get a cleaner or cheaper apartment that wasn't out of my price range. I moved in and tried to pick up the pieces of my life. At least my husband took all the heavy and expensive boxes in the divorce settlement. I only saw my neighbour in passing. There are two apartments per floor, and five floors in total. As I said, I lived on the third floor. And straight across from me was a retired elderly woman. She lived with two cats and had a younger man who visited about once a week. I assumed it was her son. The two apartments below me weren't all that interesting. A childless couple and straight across from them, three college students. No big deal. The apartment straight above me is probably the most important one to this story. That's the one you need to look into when you're moving into a new place. If anything is going to disturb you, it'll be that one. You don't want them to be clog dancing enthusiasts or manic cleaners or the kind of idiot who listens to music with loudspeakers on public transport. So the guy who lived above me, Hugo, he was the perfect neighbour. He was some kind of accountant who worked at a sanitation department. He kept to himself. He never moved a single piece of furniture. He actually didn't move around much at all. There was no slamming of doors, no running. He was pretty big, body-wise, with a sizable pair of glasses and thinning hairline. He lived alone, seemed friendly, and he was simply the best neighbour I ever had. God bless that silent, chunky angel. It started almost a year ago, at the height of the pandemic. So I was trying to get a few essentials in the off hours of the day. I have flexible work hours and I can work from home, so I go out whenever I have to. I was getting some toiletries and the like, so I went to the local grocery store. I noticed Hugo browsing some silverware in aisle 10. Only he wasn't alone. 
Christ, I'm having a hard time describing this woman. She was half his weight, an entire head taller, and she wasn't even wearing heels. She had a neck like a swan, thin shoulders, and gorgeous chestnut hair. She had a peculiar smell, like a mix of bittersweet flour and honey. She had fair, flawless skin and red nails. I couldn't stop staring at her. Hugo told her something funny and her laugh seemed to light up the entire room. She grabbed his arm, kissed his cheek and whispered something back to him. He smiled. I had never seen him smile before. I saw them buy plates, silverware and a few glasses. Nothing special. She paid for the whole thing and carried it out in a small tote bag. Hugo just hung on her every word, but they both seemed to genuinely care for each other. It didn't make sense to me. They were basically two different species of people. Over the coming days, I noticed some changes. I could sometimes hear laughter coming from the stairwell, and I could hear furniture being moved around during the day. Hugo got himself a new car, one of those large seven-seaters. There was drilling and hammering a few times a week. And on a few occasions, I noticed Hugo and his new girlfriend carrying large carpets up the stairs. He seemed so happy. Look, I don't want to sound like a stalker, but I was curious about the two of them. I noticed they changed the names on the door. That's how I learned her name. Alice. After going through a painful divorce, I'll be the first to admit I was a bit jealous. They just seemed so happy. I was spending weeks on end in lockdown, alone. Hearing laughter coming through the ceiling, look, yeah, it made me bitter. Whatever. Oh, and then her family moved in. Hugo helped carry a lot of heavy boxes up those stairs, and I caught a glimpse of the whole crew through my back window. Alice had two younger sisters, just old enough to start high school. Then there was her dad, who looked like he was in his early 60s. The whole lot of them were beautiful. Everyone was smiling and eager to help. They were healthy, happy and well-dressed. You could fall in love with any of them with just a picture. It was weird for so many of them to move into such a small apartment. But then again, I had seen stranger things. I figured it was a temporary thing. But I changed my mind once I saw the moving vans. Yes, vans, plural. Three moving vans full of boxes, but not a single piece of furniture. Hugo looked exhausted from carrying those heavy boxes up and down several flights of stairs. Alice didn't seem bothered at all. I know looking at them like that was creepy. I was painfully single and, most of all, bored. As June turned to July, the whole family settled in quite well. They were still decent neighbours. The hammering and the drilling had stopped early on. And at most, I could hear them laughing at something or watching the TV. 
Hugo would leave for work every day and he'd always leave with a smile. He lost a lot of weight and he had gotten himself contact lenses as well as some more fashionable clothing. He looked good. I ran into him on the stairwell once when I was throwing out trash. He was just coming back from a run, chugging some sort of sports drink. Hell, he was in better shape than I was. He smiled at me. Hey, you're 36, right? He asked. Sure am, and you're 46. That's right, he smiled. And he told me if they ever got too noisy, not to hesitate to let him know. We talked back and forth a bit about the virus and how we were all trying to keep healthy. We smiled at each other and went our separate ways. Just a few steps, though, before I stopped myself. I was too curious. Hey, uh, i got to ask, how do you guys all live together in that small space? Doesn't it get crowded? Hugo smiled and finished his drink. Always room for family, he said. No room too small, no problem too big. That was the last time I saw him. I stopped seeing him go to work. His car stayed put in the parking lot all day. I'd see Alice around town, alone, her sisters as well. I noticed her dad throwing out some trash every so often, but that was it. Hugo just wasn't around anymore. I didn't think too hard about it at first, but in early September, I realised I hadn't seen him in over a month. His name was still on the door, though, him and Alice. This is when I started to get a bad vibe. I started making a habit out of taking notes on things that seemed weird or out of place with Alice and her family. Like they're trash bags. They're not just trash bags. They're this big blue mesh type bag that was heat sealed at the top. It looked like something you'd use to throw out biohazardous waste from a hospital. They were round and packed to the brim like beach balls. Then there were the nightly excursions. Once the sun started to set, all the sisters would take Hugo's car and go for a ride. They'd only be gone for a few hours. But they did it consistently for at least four nights every week, mostly on the weekends. But the weirdest thing started mid-September. For some time, their dad had been throwing out more trash than usual, sometimes several times a day. And at night, I'd hear these weird noises. It sounded like a mix of an engine and a nature documentary. This low, constant droning noise. I tried recording it in my bathroom, where the sound was the clearest. But it doesn't sound like much. Hey, I'll play it for you if you want. So I'd hear that noise at least once a day, sometimes for an hour or two. 
It wasn't loud, but it was such an unusual sound that you couldn't help but listen. Things escalated gradually. Sometimes I'd watch them come back from their drive with duffel bags full of... something. At one point, there were just armfuls of branches and firewood. I made notes on all of it, complete with dates and times. I was a bit obsessed. I even got out in the middle of the night to check one of the blue trash bags. I poked one open and smelt this intense dirt smell. This bag was just full of some kind of white ceramic and broken glass. I took a piece of the white stuff back home just to get a closer look. At this point, I still thought they were just weird people who had done something to Hugo. I was still trying to piece it all together. That literal thought made me realise that this was something else entirely. To piece something together. I gathered the rest of the white ceramics from the bag and I pieced it together with superglue. It was an egg. An actual egg. Large as a football. This was a remaining shell. I didn't know what to think, so I just hid it. All of a sudden, I saw the family in a whole new light. Branches, boxes, bags full of something smelling like dirt. In my notebook, I just made a single entry. They are nesting. At this point, it was the beginning of October, and my job was opening up to having people back in the office. We were forced to come in at least two days a week to note our hours and report back to our supervisor. I didn't mind getting out of the apartment for a while. Even if I had to wear a mask and keep my distance, it was fine. Once, when I was coming home, I noticed my front door open. The old lady across from me was standing in the hallway holding one of her cats. Something was going on and the neighbours were antsy. Just as I was about to enter, Alice stepped out of my apartment. She fixed her brilliant smile on me, that creepy, gorgeous smile. She would tell me there were noises coming from my apartment, and when she checked, my door was open and it was the fire alarm, that the superintendent was inside to make sure there wasn't a fire. I walked up to her and she stepped aside. I gave her a long, questioning look. I questioned her about the fire and where was the super anyway? He got a call, the old lady shouted from across the hall. He looked upset. Alice nodded in agreement. He did, and it sounded serious. Look, I'm sorry you were all worried, but please respect my privacy. You can't just go into my apartment. I walked past Alice and shut the door in her face. I made sure the door was locked as I looked around my apartment. My notes. They were gone. The eggshells were gone. My computer had a hard drive malfunction and there were screws missing from the chassis. Now they knew that I knew. The sisters started to notice me more and more. They waved at me every time they took their nightly drive. 
Their dad gave me a cold look every time we threw out the trash, now in regular non-blue bags. The sounds at night stopped, and I never saw them carry anything inside. I was sure they just switched up their schedule, but maybe I was wrong. I'd run into them more frequently in person. They'd accidentally meet me in the stairwell every time I went outside. Alice was always polite, but her smile was hiding something. I could feel it. Then there was the water damage in the ceiling in my bedroom. Something foul-smelling. There was something heavy up there and the ceiling had started to bulge. I called the superintendent about it, but some man kept telling me I had to have the papers for an insurance claim before they could fix it. It was bullshit. They were just trying to stall for time. I think they were trying to cover the fact that the super hadn't been in for at least a month. I'm not stupid. Another super didn't have an assistant. The thing is, I hadn't really been paying attention to my other neighbours. The couple downstairs and the college roommates, they'd moved out a month ago. I didn't even think about it. Now I had eight new neighbours and they were all ridiculously beautiful. Five women and three men, all in their early 20s and they all looked like supermodels. The entire apartment complex was full of them. That weird sound I used to hear seemed to come in every direction at night. They weren't even hiding it anymore. They were just carrying all kinds of weird trash up to their apartments. Branches, firewood, plastic, bag after bag of fertiliser and planting dirt. Last week, there were more moving vans coming. Everyone was going outside to help their beautiful new neighbour carry their stuff inside. I felt trapped in my own apartment. I decided, once and for all, to just leave. Once I stepped out my stairwell, I noticed six of them looking right at me from all over. They were on the floors above, below, were even straight across. Yeah, it seemed like the old lady with the cats, she had moved out as well. Then they screamed. They all just screamed in unison. They were like animals trying to scare away a predator. I could hear boxes dropping and footsteps approaching. I panicked. I glanced at them and burst into a sprint. They were open-mouthed screaming, feet running, eyes large and dark like cats, getting ready to pounce on a mouse. I took the fire escape out the back. I ran, twisting my ankle, and got into my car. I just drove. Something pounded on my back windshield, but I had gotten away. I was safe. Now, I don't know why I'm telling you this today. I'm not sure if I should look further into this. I just want to get as far away as possible. I don't think I'm really safe yet. I'm staying with my sister. And just the other day, she told me there was a gorgeous man asking about me while I was at work. Listeners, I don't know why they are doing this. All I know is that they're nesting and people are going missing. God, I can't get that noise out of my head. That scream. Those faces. Those faces.